Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, oh, I'm Jody Ace. Well, I want to say welcome to Making Kayfabe. Uh, I'm here with Jody Ace. How you doing, Johnny? People power. Uh, it's good to see you, Jody Ace. I'm also Jody Ace. Remember we used to work in Japan? It's great times. People power. That's all you got to say. <laughs> uh, speaking of people power, hello, everybody. Welcome to Making Kayfabe. Thank you for the, the introduction, Johnny Ace. It was very sweet of him to do that. Not sounding like a pterodactyl today. Very, very sweet of him. So, yes, you're listening to Making Kayfabe, the best wrestling podcast in the world, as proven by the fact that we got Johnny Ace on the show. What do you think of that? Pretty pretty classy. I think you'll all agree. So, as Johnny Ace alluded to, we're going to be talking about Kurgan today, who is, uh, I would say, one of the one of the people in the Attitude Era who really doesn't get a look in. People forget all about him, you know? And he's, he's one of those guys that's perfect for our show that really could deserve... A rebooking because he's a big monster. He's like seven feet tall or whatever, and you know he could he could work, he could do stuff, he could do business. So we're gonna rebook him because you know I don't think that maybe this is just me, but I don't think being stuck in the group called the Oddities was really a, a fair shake to that poor man. So we're gonna be booking him. But before we get down to business, we're gonna say hello to our good friend Bryce. Hello, Bryce or Johnny Ace, whoever might be there. I'm not quite sure. We'll find out in one second. Hello, how are you? I mean, it's such a <coughs> sorry. I, I mean, it's, such, it's a shame that he was in the oddities, but I mean, a great, great dancer. Um, it's you know, a shame. Uh... <laughs> oh, I can't believe he was in the odd. I wouldn't have booked him in the oddities. If you got that bad throat as well, yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. Yeah, right yeah I, got the, I, yeah. I got the virus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Kurgan is Kurgan's a weird one, right? So. I think uh, he's kind of a secret boy for us, isn't he? He's like, yeah. we've always, as long as I've known you, like, we've always had a kind of strange, like, affinity yeah. towards Kurrigan for some reason. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it is. Like, it's because he's a, I mean, the dude, for, for like a wrestling character, he looks great. He's got the look. He's a big, scary, mean looking dude. Could, couldn't wrestle for shit, <laughs> which is uh, a shame. But I mean, like, there's got to be some kind of upside to the guy because I mean, you look at him these days, and he's he's in all these big films. He's he's knocking out Robert Downey Jr. He's doing all that kind of stuff, and like, you know, there must be something there that could have made him successful in the wrestling business. But he was literally. I mean, you'll, you'll go into this in the catch-up, but he was given the interrogator gimmick not for long, paired with Don Callis, and then before you know it, he's dancing with fucking Golga and Giant Silva and the Oddities. Yeah. It's a strange move, isn't it? Mm. There, is, there is a story behind that. Apparently, apparently, good old Jim Cornette told this story one time because he was in the company at the time. He, they were at like a WrestleMania party for, I guess it was 97 maybe or 98, mm. and... Kurgan had had a few drinks and he wanted to go up and dance with his wife at the party. And Jim Cornette, who is, as you know, very, very protective of the business. That's, you know, he's so protective of the business. He really mm. wants it to go back to the way it used to be. And he went up to Kurgan and said, listen, man, whatever you do, do not let Vince McMahon see you dance. Because uh, okay? that will be your gimmick yep. for life, basically. He's, he's, like, he's like, trust me. If you listen to me over one thing, do not let Vince McMahon see you dance. But Kurgan had a few drinks and he wanted to dance with his wife. And, you know, he's a big, what, seven foot tall guy or whatever. And 
he'd had a few drinks, so he was he wasn't dancing to you know a high quality standard, shall we say? <laughs> he looked he he would have looked a bit funny, and Vince McMahon saw that. Um, what a couple of weeks later, there he is in the oddities oh, dancing. It's not often you can say Jim Cornette was correct about stuff, but I feel like on that occasion he's on he's on the money there. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> he shouldn't be. What what should what should you do in front of Vince McMahon then? I mean, should you? You shouldn't be dancing, but maybe when Vince McMahon walks in the room, you should like win a world title or something, right? Well, that's true. See, what can you do? Because you can't grab him by the arm. Yeah, <laughs> Titus O'Neil did that, and look what happened to Titus O'Neil. Because I was gonna say, you know, choke stam him, because that would show Vince McMahon what you can do. And Vince like, I like your moxie kid. I like your moxie kid. But that's the Vince McMahon. So I was like, I can do one impression and I'm going to keep it going. <laughs> you can't even do that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, the, the legend has it. That's why Kurgan was, was stuck with that gimmick. You know, there were a lot of problems with that whole thing. The Truth Commission, as it was, was a stupid stable to begin with the jackal don callis as he is known these days was apparently accused well, as, as good on the mic as he is he was accused hmm. back then of going into business for himself a lot of the time oh really which, yeah which i think didn't do him any favors and you know the kurgan ended up being a dancing whatever sideshow attraction in the oddities yeah. so like all of it's very you know none of the pieces seem to fit for poor Kurgan, which, as we know, is a shame because, like we said, he's a seven-foot-tall monster. He's the kind of thing that you would think the WWF would love. Yeah. You know, like, at that at that very time period, Kane and The Undertaker were both feuding with Steve Austin, the heavyweight champion. Mm. And they were like, we can't see anything to do with Kurgan. <laughs> you know, we've already got these seven-foot-tall monsters. We don't need another one. Let's have him dance. That'll be effective. You know, you never know what the fuck they're thinking. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. It was just this, they've already got two giants who are very over. Like, why would he need a third one, right? That's not their attitude to have. Let's have a third one. But that's that's, that's probably what it is, though, right? That, that that's got to be it. They just didn't see it in for Kurgan because they've already yeah. got these guys. But it's a shame. Maybe wrong place, wrong time for Kurgan. Because like, I mean, after you'd imagine they would have want they'd maybe want him back now um, if mm. he if he wasn't a little bit old, you know, because he's been to Hollywood and he's he's starred in a few kind of um, big films so and not starred the but attitude I mean, era because um, they yeah. love it when he's from the attitude era bring it back we'll have an episode of raw dedicated to it you know yeah exactly yeah when the ratings are low but yeah i'm interested to see what you can do with him today because yeah like, like i said we've both got a, a, a liking for kurgan and yeah, um, yeah i want to i want to see him booked really well and by the way this is an episode voted on by our patreons as well by the way they had the choice between um, this uh, Kurgan and the Great Kali. So, yes. <laughs> if you're, if you're um, you know, if you're looking forward to the Great Kali today, I'm really sorry, but you know, we've got Kurgan, who's a million times better anyway. Yes, and I'm sure after doing that poll, I was tempted about the Great Kali because I'm like, if anybody can make the Great Kali successful, it would be you and me. Mm, mm. So I feel like while the Great Kali didn't win this poll, obviously the people enjoy Kurgan much more. I feel like in time, in the future, we'll be able to rebook Great Kelly in such a way that everybody will listen to it and go, wow, that really made sense. If only yeah, Bryson exactly. Dillon were the bookers for WWE at the moment. That would <laughs> that's, be that's, it. That, that's what happens when you give people power. People power. <laughs> Speaking of the people, as we just were, should we hear what our lovely fans of Make It Cave have to say about Kurgan? Let's do it. 
So, we're going to hear what some of these lovely, lovely fans of Making Kayfabe have to say about Kurgan. Thank you very much, guys, for commenting. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Making Kayfabe if you ever want to leave some comments about the subjects of our next rebooking. When does it go up every Tuesday? We leave a little tease. Every Tuesday we do a tease. Every Wednesday you can get your comments in, yeah. There you go. And if you want to leave your comments, you'll get them read out on the show, which is exactly what we're about to do right now. So, first of all, I want to say hello to I Miss Going Outside, who is one of our Patreon hey. We're as big of a fan of this guy as he is of us. This guy, he's a he's a cool dude. I Miss really Going cool Outside. Dude. Yeah. So he says, Kurgan, I legit never saw much of him. He was with two groups that weren't very good. Truth Commission and the Oddities. <laughs> Correct. So I'm intrigued to see where you can go with this one. If you can make me want to see Santa Claus, like you did in episode 9, you can do anything. Uh, <laughs> I agree with that. We can do don't, anything. Don't tempt us, because we will do anything. <laughs> oh, that, like well, that's what I was saying about about the great Kali. Ah, we we can do anything. I mean, think about it, dude. You know, we rebooked Zombies. We rebooked Viscera. Once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. You made the gladiator gimmick work with like Heidenreich and yeah. Nathan Jones. Like we can, we can pretty much do anything. It's a challenge, right? It's always a fun challenge to take someone who maybe uh, didn't get a fair shake or wasn't worthy of a fair shake, maybe, um, and uh, you know, do something good with them in, in wrestling. You know, it's always a, always good fun. And like, yeah, Santa Claus is a great, great episode. I had fun writing that, and uh, yeah, like uh, Kurgan's going to be good too. I'm pretty sure. So you know, looking forward to seeing that. Yes, so we have another comment from Instagram. Putin, not Russian, said, Being French-Canadian and hearing him scream in French in the ring was a blast for me. Yeah, that's... See, <laughs> I think that's something interesting. Because he would, like, scream, he would shout and stuff, but you could... And he could, you could tell there was, like, intensity on his face. But also, like, when he screamed in French, you know, that was scary. He didn't know what he was saying. Oh, dude, like, Kirkin, I remember him now. He had this big, deep voice, didn't he? This growl yeah. of a voice, right? Uh, yeah, and like genuinely terrifying because he's a big. He, he sounded like a giant. That's the thing. He sounded. He looked like a giant. He sounded like a giant, very intimidating, menacing guy. And yeah, if this big fucking dude screaming French at you, I wouldn't want to go into the ring with that. Exactly. You know, he's a scary dude. Again, more feel of the fire as to why he's he'd be a good person for the rebooking. You know. Um. So we've also got on Twitter, Ron Megaron at Megaron TV says, "Man, I used to love the oddity so much." Interesting take. I gotta say, they're wrong. Interesting take. The oddities, again, they were just a fun, loving, silly group, you know? What's what's not to love, man? I mean, it's... it's, 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 it's <laughs> do you want me to answer that? Right? <laughs> Where do I start? Um, but, no, like, uh, it's, it's fun. It's like we were saying yeah. in, in last week's episode about the gobbledygooker, right? It can't just all be blood feuds and wanting to kill the other guy, you know? Sometimes you gotta have fun and, like, get some comic relief and, like, you know, maybe, maybe the oddities are made for kids, I mean, I think they definitely were made for kids because the fucking Golga always held an, held a Eric Cartman doll, right? Um, yeah. So you know, you, you got to have that in your school. You got to have variety, and like, uh, you know, if you need some comic relief, why not dress a seven foot guy up as a fucking um, dancer, right? Yeah, whatever the fuck costume he was wearing, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, I was going to say dress him up like something, something, but I've no idea. So I went with dancer. He, he was Fair wearing enough. like a blue shirt and a hat. Yeah, and... like his hat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, memorable, but for all the wrong reasons. I don't, know. I, I don't. I don't mind groups like the oddities. Like people, they often like. It's one of these acts that ends up in the list of why the fuck did they do that? But I mean, yeah. you got to try shit, man. You got to try shit in wrestling. Sometimes That's... it doesn't work. But I mean, I've I've never had any negative opinions about them. They were what they were. 
yeah. they're not being pushed as fucking like world champion like contenders or anything. They're just a little mid card faction who have a little fun. So like yeah, why not? Why not love them a little bit, right? But that's exactly it. Like you raise a good point in that they they can't all be Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Yeah. I don't want people to forget just how much Clown of the Rhine there was in the Attitude Era, right? Mm. You know, we all remember Crash Holly and the hardcore division mm. antics very fondly, but that was all silliness. You know what I mean? It wasn't all like there was a lot of of silliness to go along with the more serious stuff as well. Mm. And oddities just happened to fit the bill for that perfectly. You know? Yeah. Wouldn't have been my idea but at the same time you know I, you're, you're right that it's always one of those like oh top 10 can't believe they did this in wrestling angles like, <laughs> yeah. who fucking cares you know yeah, fuck off. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> i can't believe they took rob schneider you know like, come on man like it's not you can just watch the show you know just enjoy you don't like it, the oddities. Like, yeah. yeah don't watch the oddities right yeah exactly yeah People used to do that about the headbangers, which I don't get at all. They're like, headbanger is one of the worst tag team champions. I'm like, oh, hi. Right. They look different. That's the problem with like, wrestling fans and social media and shit. Like, just like, it's, <laughs> kill these people that are, are raging at WWE or raging at AEW saying, oh, it's the worst fucking product ever. Like, just don't watch it. Don't right. watch it. it. Shit. Find don't something like you it. enjoy. Just, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, just go take up cross stitch. Yeah. Just do something instead of just bitching about it. Let somebody enjoy it, right? But anyway, don't have a bitch. Try a cross stitch. Yes, that's or, been our catchphrase for right years. There. Yeah, yeah. Get get Tyler on the phone. Can we get that? <laughs> get that sorted. That sounds like a good one. So that's before it. we get too far into the cross stitch in podcast, which you know <laughs> that'll be, be important for Patreon people. <laughs> yeah, John Villarreal uh, was on Instagram. We got Matthew Dawkins as well, and Andy McEwen. You're on Twitter. Thank you very much, guys, for your comments. We really appreciate them. Like we said, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Making Kayfabe, then you'll be able to see whenever we post little teasers and stuff like this, and you'll be able to reply with your own comments, and you can be on the show too. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. So now that we've got the, the fans section out of the way, why don't we go into a little bit of a history lesson as I tell you all about the man himself, Mr. Kurrigan. How does that sound? Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Let's do it. The man known as Kurgan, also known by his real name of Robert Mallier, or is it Mallet? Because I assume he's French Canadian. So it would be Mallier? It is Mallier, yeah. He's I, I imagine it would be Robert as well, right? Robert, yeah. This is going to suck because neither of us are. Our French accent needs a bit of work. I don't know about yours. Mine certainly does. They didn't know what the fuck I was talking about when I went to France. That's because I was speaking Spanish. Damn so it. wrong language, damn it. Yeah, well, they need to up their game. Is all I'm saying. That's it. Maybe they should learn Spanish so they can communicate with you. Bloody French, getting in my way. You know, they're all over France. Let me tell you. Everywhere. I couldn't move for French people. Honestly, every time bizarre. I go to France, just fucking hundreds of French people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So we shouldn't slag up the French too much when we're talking about the French Canadian. Yeah. Robert. I like Malay. France. Yes. <laughs> like oh, I love oh, France. Is great. I, I especially love French Canadian yeah. town. That's great. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. And let's talk about one of their most famous exports, Kurrigan. <laughs> I think we got away with it. <laughs> I think we nailed it. 
So Phew. Kurgan that was close. Yeah. The Kurgan began wrestling in nineteen ninety. How about that? He made wow. a brief appearance in the WWF in nineteen ninety one where he was called the Cajun Giant. Really? Yeah. Just a couple of appearances as Cajun Giant. And then also on the independence and stuff he would work under such names as Giant Goliath and Goliath El Gigante. So nice. classic classic names all across the board right there. <laughs> I think that they might be alluding to the fact that he is a giant. So by 1997, he returned to the WWF as a more full-time role as Kurgan the Interrogator. So he began to work in the United States Wrestling Association, the USWA, as that was kind of like the WWF's developmental system at the time. And he was a member of the Truth Commission, which was a stable of militia commandos led by a man called the Commandant, who was from South Africa. Now, I, I don't really see how any of this would make an effective wrestling stable, because, you know, if they're milita, you know, militia members, wouldn't they just, like, I don't know, shoot other wrestlers? Why would they... You know what I mean? Why would they be, like, so formal as to have a little match with them? It seems strange. Like, why would they become wrestlers to begin with? Yeah. Haven't they got more important things to do? <laughs> like, none of this makes any sense. But like we said before, this is WWF in 1997. You know, they're going to do whatever they want to do. So eventually, the Truth Commission were called up to the WWF. And the Commandant was replaced by a man called the Jackal, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Don Callis, who we're very familiar with these days as the manager of Kenny Omega. And he was originally in the group in the USWA as a wrestler. Don Callis in the WWF wanted to be a wrestler, but I guess Vince McMahon realized just how much of a, a mouth that guy has on him and said he'd be better as a manager. Good talker. Um, yes, he's a very good talker, but I think Great that, might, yeah. that might be one of the reasons. Don Callis says that was one of the reasons he left, is that he wanted to be more of a wrestler than a talker because mm. they had him as a manager all the time. He wanted to do both. Right. Uh, but, you know, you try arguing with Vince McMahon. We've tried that dozens of times. He won't listen. Never. He doesn't listen. Yeah. Especially not us. So can, can you name the other members of the Truth Commission? I was going to ask you. I cannot. Absolutely cannot. Okay. Well, alongside the Jackal and Kurgan, the interrogator, there yeah. was Recon and Sniper. So they were oh, the that, tag that, team. That clears up. <laughs> well, Sniper was a, a man called Luke... Uh, Poirier, uh, okay. I assume I'm saying that correctly. Again, the French pronunciation, I'm, I'm no good at that. We covered this. Is this is defeating you today, yeah. Yeah. But Recon, you'll know, as former Making Kayfabe subject, Bull Buchanan. No way. That's right. Bill Buchanan was in the stable. Yes, in the Truth Commission. That's what he did um, first Bill when he arrived. Bill Buchanan's done it all, man. I know. He gets around, doesn't he? Yeah. Busy man. So that's the, that's the group right there. And as you know, that faction didn't go too far with the Jackal becoming more interested in Kurgan than either Recon or Sniper. And sometimes they did this angle where if Recon and Sniper lost a match, the Jackal would get Kurgan to attack them. <laughs> in an, yeah, exactly. In a way to kind of like get them to up their game. You know, if you don't want to get beaten up by Kurgan, don't lose. Fair. That was the idea. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. And it didn't take long for them to get bored of this or get tired of that. So they left. And that leaves Kurgan and the Jackal by themselves. 
So now we've got a big, strong monster in Kurgan and a big, smart-talking mouthpiece in the Jackal. Should be one of the WWF's trademark slam dunks, right? Where they've got something really obvious and they know exactly what to do with this, right? Right? Mm. I mean, if you're listening to this show, you already know the answer is no. So let's go to mid-1998. The Truth Commission has dissolved. The Jackal unleashes his new heel group upon the world. It's a parade of human oddities known as the oddities. <laughs> so this group includes Golga, a.k.a. Earthquake slash Canadian Earthquake slash Avalanche slash The Shark. The Shark. I had forgotten about that one. Shark. Yes. So we're all familiar with Earthquake as Golga. Um, also in the group was former Patreon subject Luna Vachon. Sweet. And also Giant Silva, who I imagine Bryce is going to be doing next week on the show. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So having two giants in one group, that can only be a good thing, right? Imagine having two giants in one group and like not focusing on either of them. Yeah, <laughs> and making them dance. Yeah. Really good idea. So the Jackal soon left the, the oddities to manage the Acolytes, which didn't last very long. And then he left the WWE entirely to go to ECW, where, funny enough, he became somewhat of a manager. And yeah, he was also wrestling. doing commentary, right? Yeah, he was Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus the Virus, that was it, yeah. Didn't wrestle at all. So a few months after the oddities started, they were supposed to be heels. The Jackal left. So by July, they were now faces. They were fun-loving baby faces. And somehow it was Sable that brought out their fun side. I'm not quite sure why, but again, it's 1997. Who cares? You know, people, like, especially the audience, they didn't care. It was like, Sable! Mm. It's just a way to get people to care about the, the group. So... Now the insane clown posse would accompany them and wrap their music to the ring. Nice. It's got to be a surefire winner here. Then after this, there was some kind of angle between the oddities, the insane clown posse, and the headbangers, who we mentioned earlier, where the insane clown posse turned on the oddities to hang out with the headbangers. But then George Daniel Steele came out of a box one time to assist <laughs> the oddities when he's fighting the headbangers. Anyway, look, the point is, none of this made any sense. And surprisingly, didn't go anywhere. So by 1999, in you know, January, Golga and Kurgan were both in the World Rumble, but they didn't do anything. And a month later, roughly a month later, uh, pretty much all the members of the Oddities would be released from their contracts, presumably because of budget cuts. <laughs> so, of course. as you know, Kurgan would go on to have a pretty decent career as an yeah. actor. He's appeared in such films as 300, He's been at Sherlock Holmes, Pacific Rim, Deadpool 2, and a bunch of other films. Legit know? huge so, films. Right. Yeah, like the like and you know, he he's doing decent in them and making some money off it, so like fair, yeah, play. fair play. Fair play to the guy. Like I've heard um I've heard a lot of like his cast, his supporting cast, like say good things about him as well. Like he's yeah. uh, you know, seems like a stand up guy. So I could fair play to the dude, yeah. Exactly. So I think we should give him a little wee bucket he could be proud of instead of a rebooking where he hangs out with a stuffed Cartman plush. Yeah, sounds good. So, that was the history of Kurgan. Shall we go into the rebooking? Let's do it. I'm looking forward to this. Let's do Kurgan. We're not going to break too much crazy ground here. Like, we know for a fact that 1998 is Steve Austin's time at the top, and that's hard to 
there would be no point in even trying to like rebook that, right? Mm. You gotta have Steve Boss at the top. And we covered this pretty much in, in the Owen Hart uh, rebooking as well. You know, you gotta think about where the business was in in real life at the time, and it was in a very strong position. Sure. So we're not gonna have Kurgan. You know, I, I apologize to any Kurgan stands out there, but we're not just gonna put the belt on Kurgan. Oh, for really? <laughs> I'm afraid not. We're gonna have to like play. It why? Like, why are we even else, fucking here? Why? Why are like, we here? Like we said said earlier, it's good to have like some fun storylines. So let's let's try to do that too. Let's try to you know. Also, you know, Monday Night Raw, we need to fill up the time somehow. So <laughs> that's what we're gonna do today. What we're gonna do Bro, is got this great idea for a golden egg. Let me tell you. Ah, I got this egg. <laughs> you gotta love this an egg. egg. <laughs> put an egg. <laughs> you say you do you don't sound like John Lennon eighties, you sound like fucking Melhouse's dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you sound like. Oh what is he Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> do you sleep in a race car? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. No. Let's stay on track here. What we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna start with the Truth Commission, all right? You're going to be surprised to hear I'm going to ignore the oddities entirely. Oh. So we'll leave that for season 16, okay? So when we get to season 16, remind me that I said this. Yes. It will be the oddity re- season. Yeah, the whole thing. Yes. Then I'll yeah. rebook the oddities, okay? Yeah. But that's, that's something for future Dylan to worry about. Anyway, so we're in late 1997. Going on to you know early 1998, and it's clear that Kurgan is a standout member of the Truth Commission. You know, the Jackal has realized that his cash cow is going to be Kurgan, his path to the top. He's a very selfish man, the Jackal, obviously. So the rest of the Truth Commission, we don't really need them, do we? So we're going to have a lot of Kurgan going in and like fighting people, squash matches, you know, taking people down very easily, making a big show of it all, and the Jackal's in his corner. And he's going to be, you know, always on the mic, bigging up Kurgan. But at the same time, Sniper and Recon, they're in tag matches. They're doing their best, but they don't have the Jackal in their corner. They don't have his support. They're finding it much harder. So we're going to roll into 1998. We're going to go to the Royal Rumble. Kurgan is a big monster. He puts on a decent showing in the Rumble. But obviously, you know, he doesn't win. As Steve Austin is on a crash course to the top, like we said earlier. Not even Kurgan can steal the crown from Austin. So... We're going to have Kurgan go into the Royal Rumble and put on a big show, you know, no pun intended. But he can he can throw people around. And then he, I think like a Royal Rumble is also a good way. You can eliminate him without making it uh, detrimental to Kurgan. Hmm. You know, nobody's pinning them to the mat. They're just like, he could, they could just take advantage and throw him out of the ring. Yeah, it's like three on one kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, stuff like that. But you can also have him dominate for a, a period and just throw loads of people out. It's a good way to build him up and then not take a loss, if if you will. You know what I mean? It's, keeps him looking strong, even though he doesn't win. So after the Royal Rumble, you can see that there might be some plans for Kurgan, but we can also see there's a bit of a rift between all the members of the Truth Commission. So finally, that's an issue that'll come to a head. Sniper and Recon want the Jackal to help manage them as well because they're supposed to be a team. Mm. And obviously the Jackal responds to this the same way he responds to a lot of things in the WWF. He ignores all of his problems. 
And he gets Kurgan to choke them until they stop bothering him. It's a good way to deal with your problems, let me tell you. So, nice. of course, you know, Kurgan is a dominant monster. But there's, you know, two members of the Truth Commission and Recon and Sniper. Two on one, even though Kurgan is a, a big guy, two on one is, you know, a numbers advantage that doesn't really suit Kurgan. So they decide to settle this in a more logical way. We're going to have a tag team match. Simple. Recon and Sniper against Kurgan and the Jackal. Oh, I guess okay. the wrestle. Exactly. So we'll put him in the ring. Let's see what he can do. And let's have this split happen at No Way Out in February. So, you know, that's something fun to do. And obviously in this match, the Jackal, even though we're letting him wrestle, but the character of the Jackal doesn't want to be in the ring. You know, that's the angle. He's, he's, he's a weasel. Yeah. Exactly. He wants Kurgan to do most of the work. So Kurgan does most of the work. The Jackal will occasionally tag himself ill to take advantage of something and then tag himself back out, yada, yada. And Kurgan ends up doing most of the work, and he beats Recon and Sniper. So they lose, and we're going to take them off TV for a while just to kind of get people to forget the fact that they were militant commandos. You know what I mean? Mm. We can bring them back, maybe in the right to censor, for example, for one of them. It's just a, just a suggestion, but like take them off TV for now so that people can kind of forget all about the Truth Commission. You know, we can do something with them later. For more on Bill Buchanan, check out season one. You really want to check that episode out. Great episode. One of, one of my crowning achievements. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That Dylan's put that in his CV and everything, that episode. Yeah. yeah. That's all it says. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, go, it says, go listen to the Right to Censor episode of Making Kayfabe. And then the rest of the CV is a photocopy of my hand giving the finger. <laughs> Just because I want people to know that, I, you know, I mean business. That's it, yeah. That's how you make yeah. an impression. A picture says a thousand words. Exactly, especially that picture. Yeah. Well, it already really says one word, I guess, but you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, so. One finger, a thousand words, yeah. Exactly. So, now, obviously we have Kurgan and the Jackal together. And the Jackal, he wants fame and glory. He wants attention. He wants all the spotlight on him. And he thinks that Kurgan's going to be the one that brings him all of that fame and glory. He knew that Sniper and Recon... They weren't going to be able to get him where he wants, but he also knows that Kurgan can do exactly that. So Kurgan, or so the Jackal uses his best asset, his ability to talk, uh, to get Kurgan into you know a couple of situations that he might have to fight his way out of. Let's say for the dark match at WrestleMania 1998, let's have Kurgan destroy somebody decent. I know it sounds silly to have him in the dark match. The dark match. But, yeah. Yes, but again, if you watch WrestleMania 1998, that was pretty, you know, a pretty well booked together card and at the mm. moment we're coming out of a feud but we're not necessarily going straight into a feud you know what i mean mm. does it make sense to have just a random one-off match at wrestlemania yeah, okay but if you put it in the dark match that way the people in the arena can see this kurgan guy they know that they mean something you know the, again you see him at royal Rumble, you see him in the arena at wrestlemania you know that the, the company has plans for him and mm. this way those guys in the arena get to see this dominant monster being dominant, but he's also not like clogging up storylines or necessarily fighting anybody super important. You know what I mean? It's a good way for fans to get a good look at him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Again, like we said, you don't have to, I think it's, it's, it's become a bit of a joke now that like the dark match or whatever, uh, the pre-show match, <laughs> you know, that's become a bit of a joke because there's no need to have a pre-show match be for the Intercontinental Championship. Right, mm. that's ridiculous. But if your if your pre-show your dark match is like 
something like this, you know, showing off a new guy. Doesn't it make sense to put that on before the main card? Yeah, fair, fair, yeah. You know? You sold me, so, you sold me, yeah. Bam. So, once that's done, you know, it can be just to get, it could just be like a fucking 20-second squash match, for example. But it gets Kurgan over, and people are going to talk about that. So, after that, then we can kind of put him in a couple of quick feuds to really get him over. For example, you know, the WWF obviously had plans for guys like Bradshaw, which eventually paid off, and guys like Test, which, you know, eee. although mm. we did, we we rebooked Test as well. Go back and listen to that. done that, yeah. Season three, maybe? I think so. Season two or three. <laughs> One or so, two. If we can get Test over, we can get anybody over. But, <laughs> you know, the WWF clearly had plans for Test, and same with Bradshaw. They wanted to do stuff with him, but they didn't know what. So, let's, uh, for example, after WrestleMania, let's do a little quick feud. Let's have Kurgan square off one of those guys. You know, somebody who's like not not a big, big name, right? But also somebody who is is low enough down the card that it can take a loss and they'll be okay. You know what sure. I mean? After WrestleMania on Raw, the Jackal tells the world that his giant, he isn't afraid of anybody. We saw what he did in the dark match at WrestleMania. He's the toughest person on the roster. Obviously, that kind of talk gets the ire of Bradshaw, who, you know, considers himself to be one of the toughest guys on the roster. Brawl for Brawl, for example. So Bradshaw comes out. He tries to fight with the Jackal, but of course, Kurgan steps in and lifts him up by the neck, you know, choking him, sending him a warning, like, don't mess with us. But obviously Bradshaw isn't the kind of man he takes a warning like that lying down. And the next week on Raw, he just beats the shit out of the Jackal's car. <laughs> because why the fuck not? It's the Attitude Era. They used to do this shit all the time. Do you remember? Yeah, every, every week there's something going wrong with my car, yeah. Yeah, you never see that shit no more. How do they get? The, how do the people get their arenas? Yeah. Don't, don't mention it. Back in the day, everybody had a car, and it was parked out in the car park, and sometimes people would beat the shit out of it. Have you seen that clip? This is a sidebar. Have you seen the clip of from WCW of Sid Vicious? Yes. It's like, my car! And then it pans out, and it's totally flat. You're like, what the fuck happened to it? <laughs> Good God. <laughs> What could that's, have possibly done this? <laughs> that shit's so funny. So obviously we don't go that far, but like, you know, Bradshaw's out the back with a, a crowbar and he's hitting the windows. He's, he's really beating the hell out of the car, right? So the Jackal is pretty pissed off at this. And so this is going to lead to a, another match at the pay-per-view, which is going to be called In Your House Unforgiven. This is back whenever they prefixed all of their pay-per-views with In Your House. Except for the big big five, I think. WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, King of the Ring, and Survivor Series. All the other ones were in your house. So, at the pay-per-view, we have a match where there's a stipulation, of course. And the stipulation is going to be, if Kurgan can beat Bradshaw, then Bradshaw has to pay for the damage that he did to the Jackal's car. But if Bradshaw wins, the Jackal has to buy Bradshaw a new car. <laughs> Uh, so this might sound stupid, but remember that it adds like a sense of value to Kurgan and that he's not just fighting random matches anymore. Now he's fighting he's somebody fighting with a name. Yeah. And there's, but there's stakes involved. Even yeah. if the stakes are a little hokey, there's stakes involved. You know, cars are at stake. Uh, and two, the stipulation kind of makes sense given the attack on Bradshaw on the car earlier. And three, it's the attitude error. Hmm. The shit they did all the time. You right? can do whatever you want, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, we're going to have Kurgan win. And, you know, Bradshaw ends the match looking surprised at how dominating Kurgan was. 
you know, like we said, Bradshaw's a tough guy, but he's even he is taken aback by how good of a job Kurgan did. So next week on Raw, we're going to have Bradshaw present the Jackal with a brand new car. Begrudgingly, of course, he doesn't want to, but, you know, stipulation, those are the rules. Can I go back on the stipulation? And of course, the Jackal is gloating in front of the whole world about how great his client Kurgan is, and he does he does this promo all while he's sitting in the back of this brand new car because he's that kind of guy. Kurgan is standing beside the car, you know, apparently in order to stand guard on the Jackal, mm-hmm. but already we can start to see cracks forming. Jackal gets the car, Kurgan has to st- stand outside the car. We can, we can see where that's going to be going. The Jackal brags about his new car and tells the world that nobody is safe. Steve Austin might be fighting The Undertaker and Kane right now, but maybe he better watch his back or else he'll find himself fighting against a totally different monster that he's not so familiar with, such as Kurgan. So let's talk about another big guy trying to make a name for himself in the WWF. We mentioned Test. So Test, like we said, he's trying to go up against some people, trying to make a name. He sees a guy like Kurgan, who's done well against Bradshaw. He's like, I can take that guy on, right? The Jackal tells him that he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. If he was in the WWF at any other time, he'd be a major star, which, you know, is hyperbole, of course, but he's a heel manager, so hmm. whatever. Although, if you listen to our rebooking of Test in Season 2 of Making Kayfabe, uh, it'll all make sense. We can; it, It's possible to be done. Could have happened. Yeah. It could have. So, after a while, Test actually comes out to the Jackal and asks him directly about representation. Test needs something to get him over the top and get him noticed. And maybe the Jackal could be the person to get him over that line and make him a big name. So the Jackal being the slippery character that he is, draws Test in under the pretense of having two classic clients and therefore twice as much money. And, of course, really whenever he sees Kurgan, he sees dollar signs, and that's Mm. what's important. So he doesn't really see that in Test. And so one night on Raw, Test is having a match on Raw. The Jackal just walks away. Walks to the back, leaving Test uh, to the mercy of his opponent. Let's say Savio Vega. Hmm. I feel like Savio Vega is going to be a guy we're going to end up rebooking at some point. But now that means that Test has a bit of a beef with the Jackal. They're kind of screwing him over. But once again, the Jackal sends his main man, Kurgan, to pick up the scraps and wipe the state clean. You can see that the Jackal is basically just using Kurgan to do his dirty work. You can all see this. So now we're going to have a match between Kurgan and Test. At the next In Your House pay-per-view, which is called Over the Edge. That's in May. And once again, we have the big monster Kurgan taking over. And he ends up beating Test. Even though, you know, Test's a pretty big man himself. But hmm. Kurgan's just too much stronger, too dominant, you know. So now the Jackal continues to gloat about how great he is as a manager. And how he'll soon be making millions once his client wins the tournament. At the upcoming pay-per-view, the King of the Ring. Ooh, King Kurgan. So... This is um, the 1998 King of the Ring we're talking about. Uh, you can get a bonus point if you can tell me who the winner of the King of the Ring was that year. Ooh, Mabel. Oh, let me just check the record books. It's Billy Gunn, right? It was not. That was 1999. Oh, wow, 98 then. Uh... Yes. Well, I'm, a, I'm about to mention the winner because it ties into this rebooking. Triple H? No, that was 97. What the fuck was 98? Shamrock. tell you. Ken Shamrock. Hey. Exactly. You got there. So, obviously, the Jackal, you know, sweet talks his way into getting Kurgan into the show. 
obviously Kurgan has been doing such a dominant job anyway, he probably would have made it to the King of the Ring without the Jackal. Hmm. But of course, the Jackal spins it like it was all him, baby. And what we're going to do is have Kurgan make it to the pay-per-view itself. The semifinals and the finals are going to be on the, on the pay-per-view. So he's going to go to the semifinals where he's going to fight Ken Shamrock, the eventual winner in real life. And as in real life, we're going to have Ken Shamrock win this. He's going to win huh. the semifinals against Kurgan, which seems odd for a rebooking about Kurgan, but give me a chance. The Jackal is going to try and interfere on behalf of Kurgan. And that's going to be some mistimed interference. Ken Shamrock is going to take advantage of that. He's going to be able to win the match and advance to the finals. So, because of that, Kurgan doesn't really lose clean to Ken Shamrock. But at the same time, Ken Shamrock has beaten a guy who nobody else was able to beat so far. So, both men look pretty good. Then Rob the next night, Kurgan and the Jackal, they're both angry at each other. Kurgan is angry that Jackal essentially cost him the match. Whereas the Jackal is angry that his client, Kurgan, couldn't figure out how to take advantage of his helpful interference. Now they both look silly. So the Jackal tells Kurgan to channel that anger for his opponent tonight to prove to everybody that he deserved to win the King of the Ring tournament. And once again, on that episode of Raw, his opponents, you know, it's some random jobbers or lower card guys. And of course, Kurgan just tears through them with ease. He's motivated by anger. But after the match, he confronts the Jackal again. And he demands some real competition. You know, he's, he's fed up of pulling apart job, guys. He's proven that he can do that already. He needs to prove that he can hang with the bigger guys. He wants to rectify the mistakes that he made at King of the Ring. So by now, the Jackal is starting to get fed up of Kurgan talking back. He didn't expect a monster to talk back to him. That's, that's not what he signed up for. Mm. But he has also noticed that Ken Shamrock has won the King of the Ring. And... You know, he's he's listening to the way Kirk is yapping at him, and he's starting to wonder if maybe he should try his hand with a new client. Hmm. Ken Shamrock's the, the new hotness, so maybe we could do something there. So Jackal manages to help out his, his client, Kurgan, and secure a match between Ken Shamrock and Kurgan at the next pay-per-view, fully loaded in your house. It, that's what Kurgan wanted. The Jackal was able to give him exactly what he wanted. And we go into the match. You know, Kurgan seems ready for it, but secretly... Jackal is trying to meet with Ken Shamrock behind the scenes about potentially being his manager, you know? Mm. So come the pay-per-view, once again, during the match, there is interference from the Jackal. It ends up benefiting Ken Shamrock. And once again, he wins the match. But this time, it's more intentional. And everybody right. can see that. Kurgan is just angry. He starts, starts, he's incensed that he's lost to Ken Shamrock twice now, despite neither of those times being his fault. Yeah. It's because of interference from the Jackal. And so he just starts tearing up ringside and, and destroying, you know, the the area. But since it's a pay-per-view and it's live, and the show has to go on, the security has to step in and drag Kurgan out to the back, you know, before he can wreck mm. the arena too much. So the next time on Raw, the Jackal is out with his new protege, Ken Shamrock. And Shamrock doesn't really seem too pleased with the whole pairing, but the Jackal is making it work. He's out there talking about how great Ken Shamrock is and how great he is for piling up with Ken Shamrock and how now that the two of them are together, the sky's the limit. Now, obviously, Kurgan comes out to interrupt this talk and try to get some revenge, but the security guards come out once again and try to mm. stop him. The Jackal has put a restraining order out on the Kurgan because he knew Kurgan would try to do something mm. like this. That's exactly what he did. So now Kurgan has to stay far away from the Jackal. Obviously, Kurgan tries to fight through the security guards, but nothing he can do about this restraining order, you know? The Jackal mm. thinks he's got everything sewed up perfectly, you know what I mean? He's got this shit 
locked up. So the next week on Raw, the Jackal goes out to the car park to once again find that his Cadillac, his new car that Bradshaw bought him, has been smashed to pieces. It's all broken <laughs> up. And he's like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? You can't believe this. He demands that the person who was responsible for this come down and fight him immediately because his new client, Kent Shamrock, will obviously fight him. You know, the Jackal's not going to fight him, but Kent hmm. Shamrock will. So... He goes out to the ring. He calls out whoever smashed up his car, but nobody comes down. And the Jackal swears that there's going to be retribution for this. And so the next week on Raw, the, the Jackal is approached by Bradshaw, the person who bought him the car in the first place. And he tells him that he knows exactly who wrecked the car. And the Jackal says he knew it. He knew, he knew it was Bradshaw. He, was, he knew hmm. Bradshaw was bitter about that shit. So the Jackal demands a match. At the next pay-per-view, which is SummerSlam, and <sighs> it's going to be whoever it was that destroyed that car against Kent Shamrock. That's how we get some revenge. And Bradshaw says, yep, that's fine. But let's <laughs> add a little extra stipulation. If Kent Shamrock loses, then the other guy in the match gets five minutes in the ring with the Jackal. Nice. So the Jackal wants retribution for his car, and he's so hyped up that he's like, yeah, sure, I can beat you, Bradshaw, whatever. He's like, Kent Charmark is going to beat you down so bad that it won't even matter. I'm not even going to lose. It's fine. Stipulation is on. So, bam, here comes SummerSlam. Kent Charmark, you know, he's walking to the ring. He's dead serious the way he is. Of course, the Jackal is more over the top. He's cutting promos in the way of the ring. He's sure that he's going to get revenge on whoever destroyed his car. Bradshaw comes out onto the entrance ramp, and he says this match is indeed between Kent Shamrock and the man who destroyed the Jackal's car. But that man isn't Bradshaw. That man was obviously Kurgan. Billy Gunn. Kurgan. Oh. <laughs> it's next year. So <laughs> Kurgan comes out onto the entrance ramp. And Bradshaw says, another little caveat I'd like to add to the Jackal is that Kurgan destroyed your car with his bare hands. <laughs> he, I use a crowbar. Kurgan did that just nice. from him being so fucking angry at you. So now the Jackal's like, Fuck. <laughs> I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. Kurgan walks down the ring angry as hell. You know what I mean? And Kent Shamrock, you know, he's fed up with the Jackal, but he doesn't want to just lose. He's a fighter. Kent Shamrock's a fighter. So he's in there, and he, he puts up the best fight that he can. But you know what? He's just, it's just not enough. Kurgan is too angry. He's too worked up, and he ends up getting the win over Kent Shamrock at SummerSlam. So this now means that Kurgan gets five minutes alone in the ring with the Jackal. And the Jackal obviously is not happy about this, but the security men force the Jackal into the ring, and we get to see we get to see Kurgan hitting him with a couple of big moves, you know, really see everyone a tick in his time. Just hit, you know, hits him with a couple of choke stamps. You know the deal. He gets his revenge on the Jackal. So what we do with this is that Kent Shamrock still looks pretty good because, you know, he fought up against a monster. And you could say he only lost because Kurgan was so angry at the Jackal. Mm. There is rage there. Kent Shamrock gets away with this whole thing with a free pass, basically. Right? He can now move on to bigger and better things now that he is the king of the ring. Kurgan, after having lost two matches to Kent Shamrock, like we said, those two matches he lost because of interference. Right? Once you take interference out of play, Kurgan won. He won cleanly. And that's, mm. you know, so... That explains the two losses Kurgan had before that. As you know, it's very hard to make people 
have a 100% win-loss record, right? But if you can explain this shit easily, then it makes sense, right? Kurgan's not going to lose all the time, but when he does lose, it's because of outside interference or things outside his control, you know? So he still looks pretty good. And what we've done here is we've shown that Kurgan can work programs with some of the other guys on the show, can work longer programs. He's not just squashing people, you sure. know? He's, he's doing other things. And so now you can actually have him move on to other things here as well. This whole, it's like a little experiment to see if he can work a little feuds. And he can, and we've proven that. And so now, if we're me, you know, we're going to wrap things up here. But in the future after this, I think the logical thing to do is have a, a, a feud with Kian. Because Kian will be coming off working with Austin Undertaker and stuff like this. And he won't really, he, like, he'll be dicking around with X-Pac for a while. And you're like, well, you know. They they milked that too far, if you ask me. Yeah. That whole Xbox thing. So I'm like, put that on ice for a little bit. Have him go into a feud with Kurgan, and then you could even then have Kurgan win the match. Xbox get all defeated, or you could have Kian get all defeated about that, and then end up turning to Xbox and having a friendship that way. That makes sense. All this shit could make sense, you know. And then that way, Kurgan would look great by having a win over Kian. You just gotta build the guy up first, and that's what the WWF didn't do. You know, mm. so yeah, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. My favorite part is uh, Bradshaw saying that you know Kurgan destroyed the car with his bare hands. I used a baseball bat. You know, I can I can actually imagine that just Kurgan fucking just punching the car, like punching through the window, punching through the bonnet. Just he's a big fucking giant. He can tear shit apart easily. Um, you know, tearing wheels off and shit. Like, uh, I, I could genuinely see that. If they actually made, like, a video of him doing that, like, CCTV or something, I think it'd be fucking yeah. badass. Um, you know, like, seeing um, him and then, like, Jackal's watching this and he's like, fuck, 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 you know? <laughs> Just watching Skurgan destroy this vehicle, right? You know, like, the the um, the bonus game in Street Fighter 2? Did you ever play Street no, Fighter 2? Not familiar, no. Okay, there's a bit in between. You'll do, like, three or four fights and then there'll just be a bit where you have a car and you just have to beat the shit out of the car. <laughs> uh, you should just a kick in and punch in a car. Basically that. Yeah, basically yeah. Yeah. Street Fighter Two Kurgan edition, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But also like how you know, so Don Callis has got this restraining order, which is like a legal, you know, a legal thing, a legal restraining order. But you know, it doesn't hold up against a pro wrestling stipulation. Um, you know, exactly. with, with the match at the end, the five minutes in the ring, like you know, you can do yeah. whatever you want with legal, uh, legal stuff. But when it comes to a gimmick, then it can't hold up against it. There's nothing that can, nothing that can beat that. So and that exactly. trumps all. So that's um, that's been well established in wrestling as well. Is that like the wrestling stipulation has to be adhered to at all times? At all times. Yep. It Not just in wrestling, rest. but yeah, at all times, yep. and no matter what. Yes, exactly. They should exactly. use that in the legal documents much more. Yeah, exactly. But no, man, it's, it's a it's a sensible way to build Kurgan up. Um, you know, it's a there's some classic kind of things in there with the um, you know, you have him lose to Shamrock twice, and then he gets over in the, the kind of third match. He because he, he well, you had him lose to Shamrock twice because of interference. So there's something there for him to grab onto when he finally faces Shamrock again, and then he finally wins clean. So um, you know, it's a good way to build anyone up just using that kind of tactic. It's uh, kind of simple, but it always works. Simple but effective. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you got him feuding with um, you know, test you. Bradshaw feud, like um, Truth Commission feud, all the rest. Like uh, like you're saying, you've, you've got him working with lots of people in the roster showing that he can work programs and he's not just a big squash guy. So, you know, he can actually be part of some compelling storylines. And uh, you've also got this um, kind of thing brewing with... Um, 
uh, Kurgan and the Jackal at one point during the uh, during the rebooking, where it's kind of like how you've got Wardlow and MGF right now in in, in, in AW, where it's like uh, you know Ward, Wardlow's gonna eventually get sick of this fucking guy, and like you know Kurgan did get sick of Jackal, but it's because Jackal kind of saw it coming. He saw the kind of the kind of um, the, the turn of Kurgan happening, I guess, against him, and like he thought, right, fuck this, I'm gonna go for Shamrock now. And yes. so you know Kurgan does get his own back in the end, though, which is what you need to do. So it's a classic Weasley manager getting his come up and switch. You love to see in wrestling anyway so yeah really well booked exactly. story man really good stuff thank you it's 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 stuff like it's, it's you know all, the, those stuffs are like they're they're tropes for a reason there's reasons this stuff pops up is because it works you know mm. the wheezy manager and then the the client to the manager gets his revenge and that guy it works simple yeah you know and we do this all the time simple stuff works you know, you don't it's have to, exactly, you don't have to rewrite everything. You can just keep it simple sometimes and it'll, you can make it work, you know. That's it. You don't have to do something silly like putting a, a turkey in a death match or, or you know, have um, evil Santa become good Santa or, you know, or make Keith Lee a doctor. But, you know, sometimes simple just works. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, although those are all classic gimmicks and <sighs> if the WWE use them, we want money for that. Money. Yes. Lots of. Yes. 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 But speaking of money, should we talk about our sponsor for today's show? Oh, yeah. Let's go and see what the sponsor has to say. Let's do it. Hey, hey, Bryce. Hey, that one. Hey, baby Bryce. <laughs> hey, Bryce. People hey. power. So, hey, Bryce. Dude, I, uh, you'll never guess. You'll never believe this stroke of good luck I've just had. But I was uh, out in the street. Sister and I, and I find a I find a five pound note, find oh, a fiver, find five pounds. What do you what? I gotta ask you, like, what do you think? I'm bad with investments. What do you think I should do with this five pounds that I've just got? Oh man, what, you can what go would you do? Shop and you can get like a big bag of Watsits for at least five pounds, man. You get like 12, 12, uh, 12 packets of crisps in there. Um, you could also you could probably get a Ben and Jerry's ice cream for that as well. Um, if yeah. you're really lucky, if it's on sale or something. Sorry, I meant to say something else there. Sorry, the Patreon. The Patreon. Um, you can subscribe to the Making Cafe Patreon at patreon.com forward slash making cafe for five pounds and get for 12. Only five pounds? Only five pounds and get 12 exclusive rebookings. I mean, we've just we've just uploaded one this month on Dustin Rhodes. We've basically booked him this month as uh, you know, a, a kind of final hurrah for him whenever that comes and uh, imagining what it could be like if he was to have his final hurrah in AEW. But, I mean, we've got bookings on Billy Kay. We've got bookings on Mickey James. We've got Luna Vachon. We've got Walter, Brock Lesnar. We've got loads and loads and loads of cool rebookings on there, which you can check out at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. So, you know what? Fuck your Watsits. Fuck your Ben and Jerry's. Go to Patreon. Check out our stuff. There's some really good shit on there. That sounds like a hell of a deal, my friend. I gotta say. What <laughs> if... What if I find another fiver? <laughs> then you what can get I, your Patreon and your Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> what if I had 10 pounds? Is there a second tier? Oh, yeah. Now, now, now you're talking. Uh, so, yeah, there's a second <laughs> tier. <laughs> the second tier where you can get um, access to our exclusive kayfabe conundrum uh, show where we set each other wacky scenarios and have to rebook them so I mean for example 
In January, I'm going to have to book The Shield with Orange Cassidy as a member, and uh, Dylan just booked The Gobbledygooker as The Undertaker. So, I mean, there's plenty of cool <laughs> things going on there. Um, we have match watch-alongs on there. We've just uploaded um, my debut match on that on, on that tier of Patreon, so you can see me wrestling, which is uh, crazy. And, uh, yeah, you, you can hear us commentate on it and all the rest. So there's lots of cool stuff on there as well, folks, if you want to give us £10. But, yeah, £5, £10, your choice. You get quality content either way. That sounds like a much better idea than giving it to the Watsits company. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. Ben, Fuck you, Watsits. Fuck you, Ben. And you, Jerry, as well. Yeah. Unless you guys want to sponsor the show, in which case, we'll happily plug your ice cream. But yeah. until then, we're going to say, wow, that Making Kayfabe Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe, sounds like a hell of a deal. And honestly, that, you know... Bryce actually putting his money where his mouth is and having a wrestling match. You get to see one of the co-hosts of Making K-Fape actually having a wrestling match. It's amazing. I dare say it's worth your money. But guys, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Making K-Fape. Check it out for yourselves and uh, make your own decisions. You know. But we want to just say thank you very much for checking it out. And you know what, Bryce? Maybe I will spend my five pounds on Patreon.com forward slash Making K-Fape. At Patreon.com forward slash Making K-Fape. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. Amazing. It's pretty good. That's Patreon.com forward right. slash people pop. I mean, Johnny Ace loves it, so. He does. How could it be bad? So, everybody, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Kayfabe Tombola. Bryce, I'm sure, is very excited about this, as are all of our lovely listeners, because they know exactly what's going to come up next. Now, if this is your first episode that you're listening to, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. You might be surprised to hear us Johnny Ace impressions all the way through this. <laughs> Don't worry about that. You'll get used to that. But if you're new to making kayfabe and you may not be familiar with the kayfabe Timbola, let me really quickly explain it. Basically, our lovely fans send us four wrestlers and four scenarios. The wackier, the better. Sometimes involving crab hands. You can do the same if you want by tweeting us at making kayfabe on twitter or sending us an email making kayfabe at gmail.com for wrestlers for scenarios and then we will select it for the show bryce will have to pick a letter and a number combination that corresponds to a wrestler and a scenario and then he will have one minute tell us all about that wrestler in that scenario couldn't be easier couldn't be easier so this week our Hey, Fabe Tabola has been sent in by I Miss Going Outside, our lovely Patreon subscribers. Hey. So I want to say hello. Thank you very much for helping out with the show so much. We really appreciate it. And so you know that Bryce is going to be in for a great time because of this. So, Bryce, if you wouldn't mind, give me a letter number combination. <sighs> I always try to think of the numbers I haven't chosen yet, but it's really hard because there's only four of them and four letters. But um, I guess 3A. 3A. Okay. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I was so random. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad I can still surprise you. Yeah. So, 3A. Let me tell you who you did not select. Okay, tell me. You did not select Big Vito. (laughs) Big Vito, of course, best friends with Reno. Recently returns to wrestling, believe it or not. Reno? Uh, no, Vito. Oh, you had yeah, my hopes uh, up for a second. I'm like, Reno's back? 
That's oh, a really wholesome story. He left wrestling to look after his wife, who was ill, and now his wife's oh. better, and now he's back to wrestling. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, let's ask him yeah. about where Reno is. Yeah, he's got to come back soon, surely. Hopefully, that's what the people want. Yeah. Um, you didn't get Vito. You didn't get Jinder Mahal. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> for, uh, probably for the best. <laughs> this is a hell of a lineup, dude. <laughs> well, you think that's good? You didn't get. Vladimir Kozlov. Oh my god. <laughs> but I tell you, you did get. You're going to like this. You, you got somebody you've already rebooked. Oh wow. Takamishinoku. Takamishinoku? You got Taka. That's best case scenario for those four, I think. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, you said, I think so, you said, yeah. You said 3A, didn't you? Uh, 3A, yeah. Yes. Okay. So here's the scenarios you didn't get. You didn't get the Takamishinoku is revealed to be one of the Dudley boys. Taka Dudley. Yeah, didn't get that one. You didn't get that Takamishinoku rents out of his hu- he rents out his house for literal wrestling house shows. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was really clever. Has there ever been a wrestling match inside a house? Uh probably. There's been like brawls and shit, but not an actual match. That could be a cool no. cinematic thing. I don't know. Well, you could do that for your second wrestling match. Well, yeah, could you? But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Hmm. You didn't get Takabushinoku has plastic surgery to look like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish you did get that one. Oh, dude, can you imagine like, can you imagine like a Kaintai coming out and like it's it's rumored that Takamichinoku has like got surgery to look like Hulk Hogan and just fucking Funaki and Hulk Hogan walk out. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what? Where's Taka? It's, like, it's just Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, it's just I see Hulk, I see Finaki, but where's Taka? It's just Hulk Hogan here. It's just Hulk Hogan, yeah. Well, you didn't get that. But here's what you did get. So you're gonna have. Thank you very much to I miss going outside for sending this to us. But Bryce, you're gonna have one minute to tell us how Taka Mishinoku lives in a tree and refuses oh. to come down out of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's it I want the Hulk Hogan one <laughs> can't have it you get the lives in the tree one he maybe lives we'll in... do... yeah he lives in a tree and Look. he refuses to come out of the tree refuses to come out of the tree yeah he refuses to come down so he's no reason the tree. no reason that he's living a tree no reason that he refuses to come out that, that's that, just that's up to you that's up to you to say, yeah, okay, that's up to you you see that's okay, the okay. fun you see you get wiggle room oh, here you can, such you can, you such, such fun I know <laughs> What a, what a gift you've been bestowed upon on this, oh, this week's Tombola. So, would you like me to continue my Johnny Ace impression to, to eat up some time? Or oh, God, would you no. Like oh, me- God, no. Let's uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, uh, is going to be one where, yeah, we're going to make this up as we go along, but let's see what we got. So, yeah, wow. fuck it. Let's do it. So, he, he loves Takamichi Noku is randomly now living in a tree and he refuses to come down for any reason, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, you can give him a reason if you want. You don't have to. Okay. Okay, let's see. Let's see what we can do with this. Okay. So, are you ready to go? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to count you down from three and then I'm going to press start on my timer and you're going to have 60 seconds. <laughs> so, here we go. Three, two, one. Let's book... Alright, so listen to this. So Takamichinoku has a chat with his buddy Fanaki and says uh, he's going to be changing his name and he's no longer to be referred to as Takamichinoku. Uh, uh, now now Fanaki must call him Takamichinoku. 
Ooh, because Ooh. oak oak trees, right? Yeah. Um, all right. How long was that? <laughs> That was uh, <laughs> that's 15 all I've got. seconds. Uh, oh shit! Um, it, it goes um, it goes to live in an oak tree um, and refuses to come down. And Finaki's all like, um, "Come down, bro!" And, and Tak is all like, "No." Um, so <laughs> Finaki says, uh, "Right, there, there, there's only one thing for it. I, I know another tag team here who specialise in wood, so I'm going to go go and get them." So he gets on the phone and he's all like. Hey Bubba, got a problem here. Um, so out come the Dudley boys to, to, to the Taka Oak Tree or whatever the fuck we're calling them, and Bubba's saying, "Devon, Devon, make the table because like tables are made of wood." But Devon's like, "Fuck you, you're not even my real brother." So he joins Taka Michinoku in the Oak Tree, much to Bubba's outrage. So anyway, Bubba is so angry that he makes Finaki an honorary Dudley, and Bubba and Finaki Dudley live happily ever after, and so do Taka, Michinoku, and Devon, who do the same thing, but in a tree. Yeah. Nailed it. I think you nailed it. Yeah. I think we can all agree that that was a perfect rebooking. Perfect. Perfect. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Perfect. The, the... You can see that kind of rebooking on TNA every week. <laughs> <laughs> Give them some credit. They're good now. He's in the tree. Maybe whatever. 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when Vince Russo was booking for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or when Hulk Hogan was there. Oh, God. Classic, classic. So there you go. He did it. Yeah. That, that was stressful. That was that fucking was stressful. Fun, yeah. That was a fun one. Thank you very much. I miss going outside. Yeah. Was, no, was it was fun. Yeah, but my God. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Take a mission, though. Ooh, that was no, good. Oak, I like that. Yeah, I literally, I, I was like, I wrote that down, and I was like, right, I can make a good minute out of this, and uh, uh, yeah, and it turned, <laughs> turned into fifteen seconds. So, <laughs> shit. Um, but that that was a lot of fun. Like we said, if you want to send your own K now you know how it works. If you want to send your own K fifteen bolus in four wrestlers, four scenarios, wackier the better. It's easy. You can uh, at making K on Twitter or making K at gmail.com Simple. Simple, simple. Um, but that was a lot of fun. Shall we wrap things up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I can't. It's, it, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Macho Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Oh, crap. It's a spooky house. Spooky cream always rises was, to the top. When was Spooky House? Was that season two or three? Oh, fuck knows, man. That, that's, that's a long, long time ago. Again. We were talking just recently about um, the tugboat one, and uh, one of our listeners actually tweeted us. Uh, I think it was uh, Ginger Noob. He actually uh, tweeted us um, just recently saying it was uh, his Tombola suggestion, and it was tugboat having his own championship belt, which I remember. So whoever whoever submitted the Tombola for uh, Macho Man Spooky House, then let us know because yeah, yes. we've um, yeah, I want to go back and listen to that one. That was really fun. Yes, it was. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay, Woo. so there's another classic rebooking by the the Johnny Ace Boys, which I guess is you and me today. Otherwise known <laughs> as the Making KFA Boys, that's us as well. We're just so stinking talented. Not hmm. that we can't do, you know. But yep, this was Kurgan and the Attitude Era. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But we're going to have another rebooking next week, of course. And next week is going to be handled by my good friend Johnny Ace over here, otherwise known as Bryce. So, do you have any teases or hints or anything like that you want to give to the people about what ne- next week's episode might be about? 
Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. Um, I do have um, some some teases for next week. Um, it's actually it's a big it's a big one next week. Um, you know, there's a there's many many kind of a dream dream matches out there. Um, but this one's probably one of the biggest. So you know, it's fantasy booking a dream match between two um, uh, two legends of professional wrestling. So I'll say no more. You know, you'll see you next week. But yeah, a, a dream match next week basically. Takamishinoku and Devon Dudley. Spot on. You guessed it. Can't yeah. can't believe. Well, they're not going to fight each other because they're living in the same oak tree. But I mean, that's true. yeah, that's you, true. you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. So another dream match that doesn't involve Takamishinoku. Hmm, that's a tricky one. What could it be? Yeah. What could it be, guys? Like we said, leave your guesses, leave your comments at Making Kayfabe at Twitter or Instagram. We're right there. We'd love to hear from you guys. And like we said, if you are able to guess correctly, you might see your comment on the show next week isn't that exciting but i think we're all very excited to hear what bryce has to rebook we're almost at the end of season five it's been a blast so far it's been ridiculous there's been some crazy crazy rebookings but they've all been pretty top-notch so far i think a lot of fun stuff you know we've seen the gobbledygooker for god's sake what what else have we got going on well there's only one way to find out it's to stay subscribed to be able to stay involved with everything we're up to like we said follow us on instagram and twitter also if you're on those podcasting apps and Spotify, if you can give us a little five-star review on Spotify, that really helps yeah. us rise up the rankings because that way we can see actual like growth being made and other people get to see the show and hear the show and that helps us expand and that's what we want to do. We want to be better than the Bruce Pritchard show. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Fuck you, Conrad. I seriously, the fuck Pr- Pritchard, right? Um, and like we all know that we're better than Pritchard. He knows yeah. it too. Yeah, so let's that we got to try and prove that and a little five star review on Spotify and stuff like that. Those other podcasting apps that helps get more eyes in the product and it really, really helps us out a lot. And we really appreciate it. But in the meantime, we want to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing and doing all that stuff. We will be able to see you guys next week with another fantastic, like Bryce said, a very, very highly requested booking. A lot of you really going to want to stick around for this. Trust me. So. We're going to say thank you very much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Adios. Goodbye. I can't do it. It's gone. Au revoir. Love Johnny Ace. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you have to start the impression every time you're saying, I'm Johnny Ace. <laughs> I, have, I have to see. I have to go. Love Johnny Ace.